What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Mav Bites. Today, you've probably heard of him if you've um, been here in Pearsall and tried to look for a home, or if you're looking for a place to buy, like some sort of property or real estate, you've probably came across his name before, Mr. Stephen Williams. Thank you so much for being here, sir. Thanks, Oscar. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm really excited. Um, I've always had the utmost respect for Mav Bites, you know, up until y'all invited me to be on, and now I'm not not real sure about your your deal here. But no, seriously, I'm I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So glad you're here, sir. Um, for sure, one of the at the beginning of Mav Bites, one of the uh, just goals of ours was to get you know one of the main figures out there that's. You know, doing business out in the community and doing things throughout the community, and your name always stood out for us. Um, I know there's other people that sell homes and properties, but I there only, might be. Yeah. <laughs> I only ever see your name out there, and um, I don't know if that's a testament to your marketing or just you know I, I see you're active on Facebook all the time. Um, so kudos to you, and I mean you've stood out to us for a while, and also um, you you've always been involved with um, things with the school. Um, yes. In fact, to try to get you here, <laughs> we couldn't schedule a date because you had um, you had other things planned. Uh, lady Mavs. I was going to insist on going to a Lady Mavs <laughs> playoff game. You know that, and they're still in it. And so, they're still in it. They're doing yeah, good. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. This Friday, go Lady Mavs. Shout out to the Lady Mavs. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into it. Tell us about yourself. Who is Stephen Williams? Yeah, that's, I don't know, Oscar. I, I, I was born in San Antonio, um, but my family was from here. Uh, my granddad um, came to this area um, after World War I and started growing a ranch just outside of town. And, uh, but my dad moved back to San Antonio, and, and we were, I was born there, stayed there till second grade. Then when my grandfather passed away, we moved to the ranch and started going to school here in Pearsall uh, in second grade. And, uh, you know, my classmates will still remind me that I'm not from Pearsall. Mm -hmm. the, the, the way they remind me is they say, who was your first grade teacher? And, you know, I have to tell them, well, yeah, I was in first grade in San Antonio. <laughs> and that's how they rub it in that I'm not from here, you know, 60 years later. But, um, yeah, I've been here since second grade. And... Uh, Started my own business in 1989 and haven't looked back. It's been a great ride. Awesome. I mean, I would say you're from Pearsall at this point. Well, thanks. <laughs> I got some people you need to talk to then. <laughs> uh, so you attended in second grade. So did you get to go to Ted Flores? No. Well, Ted Flores didn't even exist. When, oh. when I was in second grade, there was... Do you remember Westside Elementary, the one that burned down a few years ago? I do. Mm -hmm. That that one was still uh, an active school then, but I started over there um, in an old stucco school building that's where the band hall is now. Mm. That was second and third grade. Uh, yeah, just second and third. Well, first, second, and third, but I didn't go to first grade here. And then they tore that down and built the band hall. But yeah, I started in second grade, but Ted Flores wasn't even built then. Um, I guess my favorite part about doing these interviews is getting a little bit of history of Pearsall. So I'm excited to see what else you got. Yeah. <laughs> well, we moved to the ranch in 1968. And that's that's when I was in second grade. Uh, 
Mm. So that'll tell you how far back that was. Interesting. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and you've been in Pearsall since then? Yes. Uh, a brief, went, went to college, and then I think I probably spent maybe a year in San Antonio after college. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't really having any of that. I wanted to be back in Pearsall, but there, I was waiting for the opportunity. Um, but yeah, I, I might have spent a year in, in San Antonio after college, but I, I like to think that I came back to Pearsall as soon as I could. What was Pearsall like then? When I came back or farther back? I guess as you remember it, you know, like back then, those times. <laughs> back in my earliest recollection which would have been late 60s, early 70s, what I remember was just a really sleepy little town. Uh, you, here's one of the most significant changes in my mind, is that the old HEB was downtown. When you went into HEB, it would be very rare that you saw somebody that you didn't know. And, and I always just made it a goal to, hey, I, I want to know everybody in town. Um, but now you go into the HEB now, and it's rare that you see anybody that you know. It's almost always people that you don't know. But I think the population was about half back then, because I remember as a little kid seeing the population sign, and I think it was always like 5,000 and something for several years. Um, but we had two traffic lights. I mean, forever. We <laughs> had the one on Colorado and the one on Comal, and that's all we had. I mean, anywhere, nothing out on the interstate, nothing anywhere else. Colorado come out, two, two traffic lights. And we really thought those were kind of in the way. Um, but yeah, that it, things have gotten a little busier around here. Uh, a lot more um, um, outside money has come in with, with different businesses. You know, it seems like it seems like growing up that everything was little local mom and pop stuff. But now you got the Walmarts and you got the McDonald's and you got all these other things that are great for the town. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything negative about them, but it, it just seems to be a lot bigger and busier than it used to be, mm. which is a good thing, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it, it is a good thing. It makes it makes it feel like our town is growing and it, it has more to offer for this, right. with these businesses. Right. It's funny. It's funny. To, like if you see on Facebook, everybody's always waiting for the next something until you get it. And then it's always something else. You know, can't, why, why don't we have a McDonald's? Why don't we have a mm. McDonald's? So you get a McDonald's and it's like, why don't we have Whataburger? And then why don't we have, you know, <laughs> it's always, we're always waiting for the next thing. But yeah, I, I've yeah. enjoyed watching the town grow and uh, it's just interesting to, to be a spectator in that for several years. Mm. There's a lot of rumors of some new businesses coming in, some of the ones you just mentioned. Yeah, uh, and, and Starbucks. Let's throw in Starbucks. I, yeah. I think that one's on the radar now. Uh, Whataburger, I, I had some talks with people at Whataburger several years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, they didn't seem very interesting interested but that can change mm-hmm. on, on a regular basis so I, I don't have any direct involvement with either one of those places but uh it wouldn't surprise me if either one or both of those pops up soon mm-hmm. that'd be, be awesome especially yeah. a water burger right right <laughs> i've been wanting that for years i would be worried that uh, i would get even <laughs> fatter than i am right now We'd be in trouble <laughs> right <laughs> both uh, me too um what would you say your favorite thing about pier size the people. the people easy the people um there's just so many great people in Pearsall. I also like that it's just really laid back. I mean, when I go to San Antonio, and I love San Antonio, but 
I can get stressed out on Loop 410 pretty fast. And I just imagine all these people that are fighting this traffic every day to get mm. from home to work, from home to work. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah, that's me. And and even if you do have to drive across town in Pearsall, it's not a lot of effort. Even yeah. with all these new traffic lights, it's yeah. still not a lot of effort to get from, from one side to the other. But there's just so many good people. I mean, in, in all different, you know, whether you're talking about young people, old people, new new to town, uh, natives, whatever you want to call them, there's just a lot of good people out here. Hmm. I completely agree. Um, the people here definitely are. It's nice to know almost everyone. Right. right. You know, if not, you've heard of them or you've seen them. Um, and then for me, the commuting is a big deal. Yeah. Um, I drive to Dilly every day and it's, I mean, I love that little 20 commute. It's just right. Right. You know? Right. Uh, but it's not the 410 traffic and it's yeah. not the 35 traffic. Yeah. So. My wife used to work in Divine and she used to always say, I like to drive because it gives me a chance to wake up. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I'm glad I don't share the road with you in the morning. But I know what she means. And you know what she means, too. It, it's just, you know, yeah. kind of get warmed up. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned business. What is your favorite thing about being a business owner? The illusion that I have control over something. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people that don't own their own business, they'll say, "Oh, it must be nice that you get to decide this and you get to decide that." Yeah, it's not exactly accurate. Uh, I don't think that you have any more control over your life as an entrepreneur or as a self-employed or business person but you have the illusion that you do. You feel like that you're in control. Your clients are really in control. If you're any good at, at business at all, you know your clients are the ones that are in control, not you, but at least you feel like you have some control. And you can manipulate your schedule, you know, hey, I wanna go to my son's uh, baseball game that's at three o'clock in Carrizo Springs. It's a lot easier to do when you're self-employed as opposed to when you have to ask somebody for that permission, but I don't really know that you have more control of your life, but you feel like you do. Mm. That's what I like. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it gives you peace of mind in a sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and where are your businesses located? Most of them can call 818 North Oak, right across the street from Walmart home. Mm, okay. uh, that, that's where my office is. That's where... Uh, most of our, our real estate brokerage happens right there. Uh, we we have a few properties that that we rent and manage through there. Uh, we have a little mini storage down the street, but as far as mini storages go, it's probably the smallest one in town. Um, and we have a little ranch outside of Pearsall that, that we raise some cattle on. But uh, uh, in as of today, we're the owners of Cowpokes. Everything's in Pearsall. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we have a couple of rental properties that are outside of Pearsall, but most of them right there. I, I've I've joked with people that I can make a live in in a quarter of Pearsall because so much of my my uh, business is on the northeast side of town because people want to live close to the schools, mm -hmm. and most of the schools are there, mm -hmm. and. Uh, if you go back and do some analytics, you see that, wow, the lion's share of what I've done has just been north of Colorado Street and east of Oak Street, just because that's where the highest demand is. 
and uh and we're happy to do business all over town and actually all over the county we do i've got two new listings in dilly today by the way thank you jesus i saw those postings yeah <laughs> but uh we'll go wherever the dollar is but most of it's going on right around our office hmm. um that place that you mentioned across from you know your little office uh, across from walmart mm-hmm. that i always thought that was a direct tv place or spectrum, spectrum now spectrum. yeah spectrum yeah. yeah time warner then spectrum yeah. We, we, a funny story, cut me off if I'm going too long, but um, when I first started entertaining the idea of going into business for myself, I'm like, okay, I'm going to need an office. Mm-hmm. So um, I was driving by one day, and the man that owned that property before me was out there mowing the grass, and it was probably August, and it was probably 105 degrees, and he was probably pushing 80 years old. And I said, man, this is a good time to ask him if he wants to sell that place. So I went up to him, and I said, are you interested in selling this place? He goes, I'll sell it to you for what the tax roll has it for right now. It's cool. So anyway, to make a long story short, we ended up buying it. We put a little rinky-dink portable build in there, because that's all I could afford the first Mm -hmm. few years. And, And we had that for a while, and then we built our office but we were leasing to what was at that time time warner down the street where remember what was there before mcdonald's that was a little office that we owned and we leased to time warner then they said that they outgrew that so then that's when we built the office that spectrum's in now mm. but it's really it's actually an acre and a half that goes behind that little drainage ditch all the way over to the intermediate school Mm, interesting. We've been really blessed. It's a great location. It's right across the street from Walmart, a half a block walk to the bank that we use every day. But they don't they don't have like it's not an office where you can go and visit with Spectrum, right? It used to be. It used to but be. But they kind of changed their um I guess business model mm-hmm. and they don't have little local small town offices like that anymore. Um uh, but their technicians still use it. Mm. And uh I think they've probably been there 10 years, maybe longer than that, maybe closer to 50 and 20. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we get people coming in our door all the time saying, why is this Spectrum door locked? It's like, uh, they're just not, uh, they have a sign on the door, but people don't read signs a lot of times. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they, it's more just for technicians now. Interesting. Um, what would you describe, or how would you describe your experience of owning a business in Pearsall? Depends on which day you ask me, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> it's very satisfying overall. I, I, I really like being able to help people into homeownership, buying a little ranch that they want, whatever the case may be, finding them a good commercial location to start their business or grow their business. But um, very satisfying to be able to help people. Um, the market changes all the time. We have good days, we have bad days, but uh, overall, uh, I think I could see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I, 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 the thing that I dread about retirement is I want, I don't know if I can survive without the feeling of helping people into a home, for instance. Mm-hmm. I just really enjoy that, especially first time home buyers. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty satisfying. And what would you say inspired you to decide? start your own business? I think it's probably a a hybrid of a couple of things. Number one, my granddad that I alluded to earlier, he, in fact, if you go into my office and look right above the uh, counter there in the front, there's a 
painting that my dad painted because he was a very established and, and excellent painter, did watercolors. Mm. And he painted this little uh, storefront or store that my grandfather started in Hines, Texas. I'm going to guess you don't know where Hines, Texas is, but yeah, <laughs> because there's not much to it anymore, but it's kind of south of Charlotte on the way to Catula on Highway 97. But back right after World War One, when my grandfather came to this area, he bought his first purchase was this property right there in Hines. Mm-hmm. And it was on the railroad and it was on the highway, which I don't know what the status of the highway was at the time. But the thing was, he, he had a store that was the it was a railroad depot, post office, and general store. And so he had it going on. He he, he was uh, busy left and right. And I think I got a little of his business spirit. That combined with what when I first came back to Pearsall, I was uh, blessed to be offered a job by uh, a lady named Opal Wilson, who had an insurance and real estate office. And this was going on in 1984. And she offered me the job. I had no idea. I didn't know anything about either one of those fields. But um, I learned them fairly quickly. And at one point, and, and she was starting to ease into the idea of retirement. She wasn't retired yet, but her, her fishing weekends kept getting longer and longer to where it was like, man, she's only showing up in the middle of the week once or twice. But anyway, I started thinking, hey, man, this this is not going to last forever. And I'm not real sure that I couldn't do all this all on my own. Mm-hmm. So I started with her in 84, but in 89, I decided, you know, I think I can, I think I could do this myself. So that's when we bought that portable building and that piece of property that I was talking about this next door to Pizza Hut across from Walmart and just tried it on her own and mm-hmm. uh, haven't looked back since. Was that a scary move? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, words cannot express. Uh, I was talking to my wife about that um, here recently that I was like, yeah, I don't. What happens if I quit here and go to work? For myself and find out that I can't even get the first client that I, you know, that nobody wants to do business with me. And that's a real possibility. You know, it's like, what happens if my own parents won't, you know, do business with me or nobody will? And yeah, that kept me up at night. <laughs> but uh, it quickly went away. You know, I opened the doors and and immediately get people talking to you and and start and you know you're not going to get rich right off the bat but you start seeing that hey you know there is something to this i think i can make this work so every year i just get a little bit more comfortable with the idea that i think i can make a career out of this Hmm. but yeah those first few days weeks and months it's like man i don't know if there's anybody out there that wants to do business with me Mm-hmm. You know, the the five years that I was doing the same thing for somebody else, you always have the thought, well, they're coming in here because of her, because mm-hmm. she's the owner, mm-hmm. which was, I'm not saying that that wasn't the case. I'm sure it was the case, but I didn't know whether that was going to translate to me. But yeah, the, we, I've had so much support, mm-hmm. so much support. And, you know, thanks be to God, number one, mm-hmm. but number two, my family always had a good reputation before me, starting with my grandfather. I still, to this day, and I, I'm always doing the math in my head. It's like, wait a minute, how long ago was it? Because I'll have people to this day say, I remember your granddad. He was a heck of a businessman. And I'm like, 
he passed away in 1966. <laughs> but, you know, I'm doing the math. But these are old guys, yeah. but successful guys. And they're saying, I remember your granddad. He, he, he was a heck of a businessman. And then my dad was county judge here for 16 years and, and pretty well respected, I believe. And I think that their reputation kind of helped pave the way for me a lot. I was going to say a little bit, but no, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I wasn't afraid to work. Get mm. after it. Well, that's awesome. That's definitely an inspiring story um, to know that at one point you questioned this move. You oh, know? absolutely. And I, I think for, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs, that steps that first step's always the hardest. Yes. You know, so I, I appreciate that story. Um, what would you say, um, what kind of obstacles have you encountered? Probably change. I would just say in general, change. Um, just when, you know, human nature says we like routine. Uh, you know, if you get even deeper into human nature, you get the experts say humans like routine, even if it's not a good routine. But you definitely like routine. So it can be challenging that about the time you get real comfortable with a market, for instance, hey, I'm used to this market. Like right now, we're in a crazy seller's market. It's just fun. It's unprecedented it's crazy but just as soon as you get used to it it's going to change yeah it'll just go away (laughs) uh and it that's one of the biggest obstacles is being prepared for change Mm. if it's a slow market be prepared for it to pick up if it's a if it's a crazy market be prepared for it to slow down technology changes um just the the routine in which we do business is is constantly changing and if you're not adapting to that change it's very easy for you to get left behind and and i'm not saying that i've mastered that because uh i have a love-hate relationship with a lot of passion about (laughs) technology and and that's why you know i started off this telling you that i really love and respect mavbytes i do and let me tell you why because it takes the best of both worlds it takes the old-fashioned hey let's just sit down at the table and talk Mm. It takes that and then it merges it with technology Mm -hmm. so that other people can hear us talk. And that is what I think technology was born for. Mm -hmm. But To enhance what's already there. Yes, exactly. But too often, at least in my business, I see way too much let's let technology replace human interaction. And that's a terrible idea when you're talking about a you know, $200,000 home investment or a million dollar ranch investment, I think you really want to sit down with somebody and talk to them face to face, not look at stuff on an app or online and see Mm. how you can avoid talking to the expert. That's a terrible idea. So Mm. I like that with Mavbytes, it combines both the, Mm. the, the good of tradition with the good of new technology. So props to you guys for that. Thank you. That's um, one of the best compliments we've ever had <laughs> on the show and outside. Um, that's a really good way to put it, um, the merge. And I think that was kind of, I would say unintentional, but I mean, we knew that for sure we would be encountering um, people like yourself that have been involved in the community business-wise and just involved in, you know, spending time with other with different entities, different um, organizations, school. Um, So in doing and knowing that 
there was going to be people that have been here that have history, you know, and that's that would allow us to kind of hopefully almost rebrand Pearsall. Like, hey, there's a lot of good people doing good things in the town. Yeah. And like you said, you know, one of my one of my favorite things um that Matt is always saying that these these episodes they're almost like time capsules, digital right. time capsules. Exactly. You know, you're capture we're capturing a moment in time, reflecting upon things that certain individuals have done, how organizations are operating, the business that's taking place in town. And one day we'll look back and be like, man, you remember that one time that this person said that one thing? Look at it now. Right. You know? Right. So, so yeah, I mean, we, we are super excited to be doing this work here at Mavbytes and having guests like, like yourself here. So, Well, thank you. Um, what accomplishments are you most proud of? Easy. Number one, giving my life to Christ. God's always first. And I know this is this is this is about my business. Or this interview is largely about my business, but I'm not gonna let it go. Christ first, family second. That's my my second biggest accomplishment. Is uh, my wife of 37 years and the and the two children she and God have given me. That's my second biggest accomplishment. My third biggest accomplishment is just being able to pay the bills for 37 years. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just I I. Like I said, you know, going back to your previous question, I was legitimately concerned. Am I going to have a client? And, you know, so plan B is, okay, I'll, I'll go look for another job in a week if this doesn't pan out. But I, I, uh, I, I'm just happy to be able to pay the bills and, and because that's a struggle. It mm-hmm. can be a struggle for, for everyone. I'm happy to pay the bills. But before that, I have an awesome family. Before that, I have an awesome God. And those are my three accomplishments. And and uh, I'm I'm plenty satisfied with that. I really am. I, I, I try. My wife will tell you I'm the least material person she's ever met. We live right across the street from Walmart. But, and no offense to Walmart. It's a great store. But I can go a year without going inside the Walmart. I, I just... I don't like materialism. I don't like consumerism, uh, but I do like helping people, and that's that's the the main focus of my job. So I'm satisfied with that. And so when you ask what are what is my biggest accomplishment as far as work is concerned, seeing young people, you know, it, here's a here's a encapsulation of seeing the accomplishment is selling young people a house. And that's number one. And then 10, 15 years later, they come in and say, hey, we need a bigger house or we're moving or whatever the reason. But then I sell the house for them and see how much money they made. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the, the the net worth of that little family is very strong because they bought a home mm-hmm. and I just played a part of it. Now, could they have done it without me? Sure. Mm-hmm. But but I just like to feel like that I'm some little part of making making families more secure, making families stronger financially, so they don't have to worry about that. So they can take that worry off of the table and worry about other things in their family, but they don't have to worry about where we live in next week or what's, what's our rent going to be next week or whatever, because they live the American dream. Mm-hmm. And I'm just a little part of them living the American dream, but it's very satisfying to watch it. Mm. You sell homes here but sometimes it feels like there's not enough homes 
Absolutely, there's not enough homes. You know, there's like, really, there's really, and clearly, I think anybody that that has half an eye on Pearsall can tell you, we don't have enough housing. And, and yes, and it's definitely been a reoccurring um, topic on the show. Certain people that have noticed this, but how do we change that? And, and there's two problems that I'm identifying. So one is the home issue. We don't have enough homes. Then there's, well, what does everybody resort to? Well, renting. And then maybe, I don't know if this plays a factor into the mentality of young people. It's like, I can never afford a home. And plus, I don't even have one, you know? So let me just rent, you know? And I don't know if that they ever break away from that cycle of thought. First, let me make clear to your viewers that real estate brokers aren't responsible for uh, housing inventory. We just sell the houses. We don't produce them, uh, typically. Um, with that said, we, we've built some stuff, but that, that's not really our wheelhouse. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're just brokers. Yeah. But, yeah, th- there needs to be a lot more housing, but, but the issue is a lot more complex than people think. You know, people just wake up and say, we need more houses. Why aren't there more houses? Well, I think a lot of the problem is the, the subdivision builders that you see in San Antonio, mm-hmm. their profit comes largely from scale. You know, we're going to build 100 houses here or like in in Casterville, we're going to build 900 houses in this subdivision here. That's where their profit comes from is big scale. Mm. There's not enough demand in Pearsall for big scale. So they don't want to come here because they'll come to Casterville because Casterville is like a 15 minute drive to San Antonio. San Antonio is growing that way fast, but they won't come to Pearsall because they'll be lucky if they could sell. 10 or 20 houses in a year. Mm-hmm. Why? We're smaller, we're more isolated. You know, one of the one of the things that people don't realize about Pearsall is we're uniquely isolated. Catula, Carrizo Springs, kind of the same story, but Divine, entirely different. Look, look how many different little towns are close to Divine, and they're closer to San Antonio. But next time you go on a Google aerial, pan out from downtown Pearsall, and look how many of those circle irrigation fields you see that almost surround every direction of Pearsall. So mm-hmm. we're pocketed in between all these big landowners that have no interest in selling. It's not <laughs> going to do them any good to sell 100 acres. You know, these guys, yeah, they, yeah, they have tremendous net worth. Have other use for their land. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that's almost in every direction. So it's very hard for our city to expand because it's, the acreage around Pearsall is not readily available. Mm. But then the, also the other issue is the closest town is Dilly is, is 15 miles away. Mm. But if you get up to like closer to San Antonio, they're, they're, you know, Lytle and Divine and Natalia and Somerset and everything's closer together. Well, then you can stick uh, more businesses in there because there's more population for that, for that radius. Then Pearsall is just kind of stuck out by itself isolated because of the surrounding acreage but it's also a farther drive to anywhere else so it's not terribly attractive to the people that want to come down and build Mm. 200 homes Mm -hmm. but then it would be hard to find the place for them to put it interesting and then the other issue is sure our population's pushing 10,000 maybe but the per capita income is relatively low compared to other places Mm. Um, so what that means is the the cruel reality of that is 
such a big percentage of our population is not making enough money to own a home. Mm. And so there's that. Mm-hmm. I would love to see 200 new houses in, in Pearsall in the next year, but it's, it's probably unrealistic to expect that. Mm. So props to uh, Mario Martinez, who was on this show, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he built be- a couple. He, homes. he built a few homes out there, mm-hmm. and, but and he, they, he stressed how difficult it was. Though, yes, for many yeah. reasons. And yeah, yeah, there were a lot of challenges, but he overcame most of them, and and he's he's gotten them all sold, and they're very attractive houses, and and uh, we need more of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's not Mario's responsibility, but we just need more of that, one way or another. Uh, the city needs to cooperate. We need infrastructure. Uh, we you know, we need sewer lines. We need water lines. We need roads. Uh, all of those things are, are going to play a part in it. But uh, yeah, uh, anybody that denies the now, I will say this. There's also another issue that nobody ever talks about. So I want this to be a Mad Bites exclusive, right? There you are, heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> whether you wanted to hear it or not, there there's a certain group of people that are employed in Pearsall who never have any intention of living here. And it, this, is, this is not a sinister bad thing, but it's just practical. And let me give you the example, okay? Mm-hmm. And those people will always say, well, we didn't move here because the housing's not there. They know that's true, but it's, a, it's too handy of an excuse. Here's what happens a lot of times, okay? We hired so-and-so to work at the so-and-so, whether it's PISD or Friel Hospital or any number of other places. Mm -hmm. We hired them to work here. We pressed them to live here. We want them to live here. Mm -hmm. But in the rare times that they'll come talk to me, this is what they say. Well, but my husband or wife has a very established practice in San Antonio. We're not going to uproot the whole family to move down here just for my job. And Mm -hmm. we're like, oh, come on. It's like, no, does it really make sense to you? I'm going to be, uh, let's just say, I'm going to be a principal at PISD. But my husband is a neurosurgeon in the medical center in San Antonio. And mm-hmm. all of my kids are happy with their schooling in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. You really think we're all going to move down here? Okay, that's fair. It's really, it's fair, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of times what you hear is they didn't move down here because of housing. That's not always true. No, they blame the housing, but right. really they had no intention. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you can't blame them. If yeah. I'm in their shoes, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to uproot my whole family to move to any town if we're happy where we are. I'm just taking a job here. So it's all legit and it's all fair, but it, it's a bad reflection when they say, yeah, we just didn't move here because of the housing. Yeah. It, it's, they didn't move here because it wasn't practical to move here, but that doesn't sound as good coming out of their mouth. So they just say, yeah, it's because of the housing. Yeah, and I mean, in comparison, we don't have as much as San Antonio does, you know. And yeah, but when you say as much, we don't have as much traffic that we talked about. True, <laughs> there, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a lot of advantages to moving here. Yeah. But but the point is, it just doesn't make sense for everyone who works here to live here. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the the individual situation. Yeah. No, I mean, I think you're you tapping into that because I mean, I know the schools struggle with teacher retention right for the same problem you right know? might maybe i mean it's easy to say well the school is just not for me here and it's like yeah well. i mean the first question that, that that i would encourage people to ask at least of themselves is so that person that you just hired to work here what do you know about their family mm-hmm. nothing well maybe you need to check into that because or maybe you don't that's that's another valid point maybe you don't because it doesn't matter 
But if you do check into it, you find out they were never going to move here. They have a super happy life wherever they're coming from. Mm. And it just doesn't make sense for the whole family to move for one person. Because especially if it means now the other spouse has to commute back to work, mm. what have you accomplished? So I get it. But it's it's frustrating to me as the real estate agent when you hear, oh, so-and-so is not moving here because of the lack of housing. And it's like, yeah, so-and-so actually never asked me if there was a place to live here. They didn't even try. No, they didn't even try. <laughs> so that's when you start scratching your head and going, ah, let's put two and two together. Uh, and then you start hearing the stories about people that say, would you expect me to move here if my wife is a, you know, super successful in San Antonio and my kids, he's the quarterback of the football team and my daughter's, you know, in this club and blah, blah, blah. Are we all going to uproot and move to Pearsall just because my spouse got a job here? That doesn't make any sense. I just, I just welcome people to think about that. Mm -hmm. It's not always about lack of housing. Yeah. And it, it, it also frustrates people that hear that, well, we didn't move here because of lack of housing, and they're sitting there with a rent house that's empty because they can't find a good renter, and it's like, yeah, I wish they would have called me. I would, you know, maybe it wasn't really about housing. Yeah. Um, for the younger viewers, or just someone who hasn't purchased any real estate, can you describe in general what the process of buying a house is like? What I would encourage them as first-time buyers or first-time buyers to be, mm. get prepared. Don't just wish that you owned a house. That, that's not going to cut it. Now, that doesn't mean you can't, you can't come talk to me first, but here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's my opportunity to just tell you now. Get your financial house in order. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to have a mountain of cash. You don't have to have perfect credit. But... If all of those are a dumpster fire for you, go ahead and start working on getting that right. Have a little bit of cash. If, you, if you've got hiccups in credit, try and get them fixed. Try and get them cleared up. Mm. Um, don't buy the $60,000 Mustang right before you go talk to somebody about buying a house. <laughs> uh, but yeah, get your financial house in order and... Um, the one thing that I would emphasize to young people is it's the American dream for a reason. It's been the American dream ever since I've been alive and probably a lot longer than that. But homeownership is the American dream. That's what they've said forever. That's what they'll continue to say. And it's the American dream because it brings stability and worth to your family, financial worth to your family. So there's a lot of Americans out there who always struggled to save any money at all, but now they have, because they're homeowners, they have, you know, whatever, $10,000, $100,000, whatever, in equity in their home. And that's the only way they were ever going to save money mm -hmm. is by having that savings account that you actually live in. So it it's, it's a good aspiration to become a homeowner. Uh, don't think less of yourself if you can't be one, but it's a good aspiration. It's a good goal. And um, just work towards it. If you're not ready, you can get ready. Mm. And, and it's not... Here's another thing that I see a lot of times is people feel like it's too much of a challenge. So they won't ever try. Those people are probably misinformed. Even if you're not ready right now, if you come to talk to me tomorrow 
and the the lender who's going to review your credit says you're not ready right now. You're probably going to be ready soon if you commit yourself to that goal. And in 37 years, I don't remember anybody coming back to me saying, I wish I'd have never let you talk me into buying a house. I've never heard that come out of anybody's mouth. Um, most of the time, it's like, thanks for helping me. I, d- I don't talk people into buying houses. Most of the people that have come and talked to me, they've already made their decisions. But I hear a lot of, thanks for helping us with this. It was the best decision we ever made. And and the other thing that you need need to remember as a first-time home buyer is just because you buy a house doesn't mean you have to live there till you die. There's a lot of people who's like, well, what happens if I change jobs? Well, then you do like everybody else and you sell your house and move to the next mm. town and probably make some money in the process. But um, Or if, if you outgrow it, sell it, take the equity, buy the next house, whatever. But it, it's not that it's not the ball and chain that a lot of people are uh, fear that homeownership is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to look at it as an opportunity. And, and maybe even the most important advice that I would give any first-time home buyer mm-hmm. is don't reduce it to just a financial decision. It'll, it'll be a good financial decision more than likely, but also keep in mind, it's a place to live. It's a place to enjoy. It brings stability to your house. You don't have to worry about if the landlord is going to kick you out or raise your rent or, or not fix the central unit or whatever. You don't have to worry about that stuff if it's your castle. But I get way too many people, all they do is they focus on the finances of it. And it's like, just enjoy your house. Just mm-hmm. enjoy it. It, it's a place to live. It's a place to be proud of. Look at look at your house. I mean, aren't you happy that you bought it? I'm very happy. Well, there you go. <laughs> I love and, being at my home. <laughs> right. And and it's not just because it's probably doubled in value since you bought it, although that is important. It's also that you just love decorating it and appointing it and enjoying it and having fun out of your beautiful backyard deck and, and all of those things. It's, it's just something to enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I mean, my wife and I love doing things here at our home, like upgrading it, um, building it up. Um, it's best, it's definitely been an experience for us. And I mean, that's part of the reason why I'm asking a lot of these questions, because it's been a great opportunity for us. You know, we've, we've enjoyed it so much. Um, and I, I encourage anyone out there, you know, to try to make it work for you, you know, try to make a, make a plan to figure out a way to get a home here in Pearsall. And um, another or anywhere, thing, really. I mean, another thing that I would add is you don't have to start with your dream home. If if you're young and maybe you're not well, terribly well established and whatever, maybe you can start with what we used to always call a starter home. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have the palace as your first home. Get something that works for your family, whether you have kids or not. Enjoy it. Maybe it's modest, but maybe it's also just step one towards your palace that you're going to buy later. Mm-hmm. But the, it, it's just almost always. And now I'll get people that come in and they're like, hey, I'm going to be working in Pearsall for the next year. It's like, dude, don't buy a house. You're only going to be here a year. Don't buy a house. It, it just doesn't make sense. Your closing costs in and your closing costs out will eat up whatever profit you're going to get in appreciation in just one year. I mean, most people realize this, but the point I'm trying to make is it's not always a great idea to buy a house, but it usually is. If, mm-hmm. if you're planning on moving in and out, no, obviously rent would probably make more sense for you. But for somebody who... An RV, maybe. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's what RVs are for. Um, 
is would would your advice change for commercial property or is would you apply the same mentality towards that no commercial property is an entirely different animal because it's pretty consistent when you're buying a house what you want it for you know i need a place to live everybody needs a place to live not everybody needs a commercial property Mm. but at the same time Everybody that does need a commercial property, it's amazing how many different scenarios there are. You mm-hmm. know, um, financing is a little bit more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. The, the, the federal government has a lot of help towards homeowners because they want everybody to own a home. Mm-hmm. There's not so much help for commercial stuff. I mean, there's things like SBA loans and things like that, but usually with commercial properties, you need to have a very good relationship with a local lender. Um, and and they'll want a lot more down payment because commercial is a little more risky. But um, the financing is very much more limited. And then, you know, it depends on whether we're talking a, a $49,000 storefront or a $5 million, you know, big commercial office tower or whatever. It just depends on what's going on. But a lot of it depends on what your business is, uh, how long your business has been in business. Things like that are going to play into uh, commercial real estate quite a bit. Location is is very pivotal on commercial stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and the, I don't do that much commercial, but it's interesting. It's a very interesting part of the real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, I see you post on facebook (laughs) how i was gonna ask how do you market your business and i mean i see it on facebook um and i see some signs in town i i use facebook just as the teaser we don't really do any serious marketing on facebook and and a lot of people would argue we don't do any marketing on facebook Mm -hmm. in fact most, if not all, of my posts that involve real estate on Facebook say we don't sell via Facebook. You've probably seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of our marketing is, is it depends on the property, and it also depends on on what my prospective pool of buyers is. But mo- most of our marketing for residential is done through MLS because uh, you put something on the multiple listing service through the San Antonio Board of Realtors, and it gets to the world pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, Realtor.com, Zillow, whatever. They they harvest all that information from MLS and they'll post it on their um, syndicated various agreements that I really don't even understand most of them. But um, all I have to do is input the information on MLS and you'll see it all over the you internet. You send it and they spread it. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Cool. And then that will attract a lot of out-of-town interests uh the newspaper still somewhat effective probably no offense to my friends at the current but probably a significantly less than it used to be but they still they still serve a purpose and they still have a value uh and then yard signs depends on, on what the property is but amazingly a lot of word of mouth, word of mouth. in a small town like this a lot of it is just word of mouth mm. and and uh I appreciate that um, because the the little uh, grapevine of Pearsall really works well for me a lot. I I had a house uh, 
on Alabama Street uh, recently, and I went over there to put a yard sign up. And before I even got back to the office, I was getting a text mm -hmm. from another agent. Uh, shout out to Fabian Peralta with KW. He, he's a great agent. But uh, he sends me a text and he says, hey, is this house coming on the market? And I'm like, uh, dude, I'm not even back to the office from putting the sign out. And he goes, well, when can I show it? And I said, I guess you can show it tomorrow. And he contracted it, and and we'll get it sold here shortly. But that's just word of mouth. Somebody, I'm sure, had seen the sign and called him and said, contact me, and bam, the house is already sold. I didn't even have to get back to the office. It, it was wow. a little bit crazy. But uh, <laughs> that's the exception to the rule. But uh, that's just an example of how strong word of mouth is. Hmm. Um, some would argue that word of mouth is the best form of marketing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and on MapBytes, you know, the one of the main intentions is to create a positive attitude for Pearsall. So what encouraging words do you have for the younger generation of Pearsall? Um, number one, the grass is not always greener on the other side of the fence. Uh, I know as a uh, former senior at PHS thinking, man, I can't wait till I get out of here, blah, 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 blah. The getting out of here isn't nearly all that it's cracked up to be. Uh, you'll find that a lot of places you go to are just another version of us. Um, I love Pearsall. I think it has a lot. It's, it's very easy living. You know, I keep going back to the traffic on Loop 410, you know. I, I just can't imagine how how and why people put up with that on a daily commute. It's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. You must get paid a ton of money wherever you are. But it, it's, a, it's a good quality of life here, and it'll just get better and better if the youth of Pearsall that have ambition will stick around. And that's a lot of what you're doing. That's a lot of what the career day that, that Matthew and I and my daughter and a lot of people from the school are going to try and put together and show people that there's opportunity beyond what you know about. But it doesn't have to be beyond the Pearsall city limits either. And it, we, we've got a lot of very talented, smart kids that come out of PISD. Uh, and and I'd like to keep as many of them around as possible. But what I want them to be exposed to is what, what their alternatives are. And, and uh, I think that our career day, when we ever do get that uh, past step one, is going to be a big step on that. But um, it, it's just a great place to live, don't you think? I completely agree with that statement, that yeah. entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, we need help. And a lot of, a lot of um, good people have left and if they were to come back i think they'd do a lot of good here you know? right but then there's also a lot of people that come to town with a lot of talent and a lot of skill and they they adopt our town as their own i mean i've sold a lot of houses to people that bought a house literally 30 years ago mm -hmm. and they're still here and they're still plugging and they're still as happy as they could possibly be Mm -hmm. And then now they're raising their own successful kids in our town and everything. So it do, we don't have to have just natives, but I think you and I will agree. We want to keep as many of the natives as we can, uh, especially the ones that have ambition. Um, 
it's a great place to live. I mean, I just keep coming back to that. But uh, and I've lived. I, have, I haven't been all around, but I've lived in a few other places. And yeah, some places like you say, San Antonio has malls and movie theaters and all of this stuff too. But it's always a trade-off. Mm-hmm. And and I like it right here where I am. And 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 there's just we take for granted too much how many quality people we really do have here. Yeah. We overlook that. You know, when, when the city is trying to attract new businesses, which they should, and they give um, um, tax abatements and things like that, which maybe they should. I'm not against that. But let's not ignore the people that are already here mm-hmm. making this town a, a great place to live already. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, need, they at least need encouragement. Mm-hmm. You know, all all of the the successful businesses here, they need encouragement, you know, and they need support. Uh, whether they've been here for forever or whether they've only been here a month, they just need our encouragement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love that. Um, I mean, this is why we made Math Bites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you're a business out there that'd like to be on here to talk about your story, come on on. Um, I love that so much, and um, we're at right around 15 minutes now, a little over now. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, Knew that was going to happen. So I think, do you have any ideas on how to help Pearsaw grow? Yes. Maybe even a couple of good ones. I, I think <laughs> that we need to, we being all of us. Oscar, Stephen, city officials, county officials, school officials. We need to be figuring out how to enhance our workforce. Uh, and there's probably several different ways we could do that. I don't know which ones are feasible and which ones aren't. And, I, and I'm not going to have any original ideas here, Oscar. But I, I think that <laughs> if we had some more college classes here, and I know that we have several, but even if we could get a full-blown campus here of some kind, I think that would help a lot. Another thing, and I'm not going to be able to articulate this well, but it's in my head. It's not going to come out smoothly. But if there was some kind of industry that would join forces with our high school to say, we want to start a program to train fill-in-the-blank, nurses, uh, electricians, plumbers, welders, uh, butchers, whatever – we're going to start a program at PISD and train people so that when they get their high school diploma, they also get a certificate that says they're ready to go to work for us mm. at the plant that we're going to build in Pearsall. Mm. And we're going to employ hundreds of people that are already trained because of our partnership with the high school. I don't really care what industry it is. As long as it's a clean industry, uh, you know, not a lot of pollution, but mm-hmm. as long as it's a clean industry and it has well-paid employees, I think that we need to be partnering with somebody like that through the high school to train them to stay in Pearsall, make a very good salary, and partner with with one or more businesses to do that. That We, we have too much unskilled labor Mm. and a lot of them just need the opportunity they just need the the hand you know the helping hand and and if we could get a business to partner with the high school i think we could help a lot of people for generations Mm. that's a good idea they 
I know that Pearsall High School does have um, in their CTE program because this that's what this is tapping into the career and technical mm-hmm. education department. Mm-hmm. They have a a nursing school mm-hmm. where they are kind of making they're they're certifying a level of nurse. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. Um, and they're coming out of high school ready to be nurses. Yeah, that's um, that that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. So, but it needs to be more widespread. Yeah, there has to be, and and there's other. I mean, there's other careers and you know other trades that they could learn. Right. Maybe get certified in. Right. So I like that idea. I mean, it we seems we like, have a lot of of trucking demand around here. Mm, um, why isn't there like a CDL yeah, class? Yeah, that would be good. And not just a CDL class, but uh, trained diesel mechanics and trained you know. Yeah. Spit out people from PISD that are making $50 an hour from the day they graduate because they're already trained. And mm. you'll find that a lot of industries will will be happy to be here because they know we're sending them the workforce trained from day one. Mm-hmm. Whether it's trucking, whether it's technology, whether it's nursing, or best, all of the above. Mm-hmm. I, I, think that, I think that that would help. And... and you know, it's easy for me to come to, to I don't even want to say come up with these ideas because I'm not coming <laughs> up with anything new. But it's easy for me to spout this stuff off. It's a lot harder to implement it. And yeah. so I, I'm not I'm not criticizing anybody that's in position of authority now, but I wanna encourage them that I think that that we should be pursuing that a lot more because the one of the biggest knocks that we hear about this area is there's not enough skilled workforce. Mm. Well, let's solve that. Mm. Well, that's a really good idea. And whoever's listening, we'd like to help. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess as this interview comes to a close, what would you like for the people of the community to know? Where can they find you? How can they get a hold of you? What message do you have for our community? I'm very easy to find. Uh, I'm too lazy to move around. <laughs> I, I my my commute. You know, I keep uh, I keep complaining about commute in San Antonio. <laughs> my commute involves managing not to fall down as I walk across the alley from my house <laughs> to my office. That's my commute. So, uh, yeah, I'm right there across the street from Walmart. If you're interested in in talking more about investing in real estate, whether it's a home or anything else, I'd love to help you. Uh, As you can surmise from this Mavbytes interview, I talk way too much. And, uh, but people sit down in in my office and and I'll talk to them all day about the pros and cons of investing and, you know, tell me your story, blah, blah, blah. That's what I live for. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm of an age where I'm not really chasing the dollar is, is not, that's not what wakes me up in the morning. It's just helping people. Mm. Now it's just helping people. Let, let me share what I've learned. You know, what I used to tell my son all the time is I, I'm, I'm not a genius, but I've been around the corner that you haven't been around yet. I can tell you what's on the other side of the corner. Come into my office. Let me tell you what, is is in store for you if you're considering buying real estate uh, i 37 years of experience it, there's there's a little bit i've learned in 37 years and i'll share it with you um what i want pure salt to know you've got so much to offer 
as a, as a community, you've got so much to offer. There's people working hard every day to make this community better. And, and not, Mavbytes is one of them. Uh, again, I can't applaud you guys enough, uh, but there's political leaders, community leaders, business leaders. They're all out there um, with the same goal in mind, which let's make this a better place to live. And uh, I applaud them all and, and I support them all. And if we just work together, there, there's no telling what we can accomplish. But uh, I've enjoyed living here. I, I, I drug my wife down here after uh, <laughs> I met her in college, and she's been here ever since, and and uh, she loves it. My daughter's moved back here. She she could have gone anywhere. Uh, her job is a work-from-home job. So yes, she, we got one. Yes, we got one. <laughs> we got two because we got her husband, too. Oh, there you uh, go. So yeah, it it does happen. I see it happen, and and there's there's you guys emphasize the young people, and you should. That's the future. But there's a lot of longtime people that have lived here that also have a lot to offer too, and, and I, I'm giving a shout out to them because uh, there's a lot of wisdom there that we can all tap into if we take the time to just visit with people. And that is, uh, last time I'm going to say this. This is what I love about Mavbytes <laughs> is you take technology and use it to promote the old-fashioned just sit at a table and talk to somebody. Yeah, and my favorite thing to do is just listen. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, well, you're good at it. So I'm a perfect <laughs> If you put up match. with the last hour, you're good at it. <laughs> we're a match. Um, all righty. Well, I have um, very much enjoyed the time here with you, Mr. Same. Williams. Same. Um, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with MathBytes. Well, uh I'm glad you invited me. I don't know about this share of the wisdom, but uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you. That's it, guys. <laughs>